We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. Are you sure this is 15? <laughs> is this 15? Great question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's 14. Here, I'll hey, tell if you. it's Hold not, on. I'll tell you. If it's not, we can, uh, um, I mean. I've already ruined your, I can only, off your flow. <laughs> well, I ran out of fingers like three episodes ago. That's how I'm remembering is like doing the fingers in reverse. It's very I'm, tricky math. I've been carving mine into a stone on the wall. I don't leave this room. <laughs> I think you're right. It might be 13. It might be 14. I don't know. You're probably Did you right. actually look it up? Um, I tried looking it up. <laughs> Talk about a, an all-time opener. It's number 14. Hey, look, I'm not going to start this podcast off with a lie. Not. <laughs> I won't do that to you, and I won't do that to our listeners. You're right. My bad. All right. Episode 14 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I'm Dustin Redazel, your error-free host. And joining me is a man who's ready to perform constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. It's Tommy Cooksey. Bringing it on back. Not only did I do a Peloton ride today, I stacked it with a little master bedroom CrossFit workout. (laughs) I loved it. I love seeing you back in action. It's like, uh, you know, it kind of, I recently saw a video um, of a seven-week-old infant, I think it was seven weeks, hearing sound for the first time. Yeah. And it was heartwarming, and you just felt like that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I felt maybe like that exact same emotion with 10% intensity when I saw you doing a CrossFit workout <laughs> in your bedroom. Man, I, I, you know, I really appreciate the support uh, to all my all my undying fans out there. Matt Fraser's gone. Someone's going to take the throne. Hey, there's a vacuum. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love seeing, I wish this is, you know what, I'm just going to do it and get it out there. Uh I got to take a picture of you with an ice pack on your shoulder for the pod. It's it, it's I, really like a, an athlete at the podium, you know. I know. Wrap I know. the knees. It's fresh out of the shower. It's funny because, you know, the stretches that they gave me. So I'm I'm pretty much wrapped up with with uh PT. Um Mhm. And uh, I'm like, oh, I got 75% utilization. That's good. See y'all later. <laughs> Hopefully I get the 25% on my own. But uh, yeah. I was end up doing my stretches late at night, like before bed. And then I ice before bed. And then I tell Annie, I'm like, I'm so sore trying to go to bed. And I'm so cold. Mm-hmm. And And I'm like, but I have all this time during the day. I can do a 45-minute Peloton ride on my day off. But I can't find the time to stretch until... Uh, you know, 
845. I think that's kind of how it goes, though. No, we were, Katie and I were just talking about this. There's something about the more passive forms of self-care that are just really hard to prioritize. It's like so much. she's just gotten into, uh, you know, been able to start some more aggressive exercise back. Mm-hmm. And she was really on the yoga prior. And now that she's started back on the Peloton, went for a run today, it's like the yoga feels like wasting time. It's like I'm not burning those calories. I'm I not know, working. Man. I'm not. And we intellectually know that it's just is important. And long-term mobility is the thing that hinders most people, not strength or cardiovascular fitness. And yet our brain doesn't help us at all. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll get it what, later. What a, what a capitalistic way to look at exercising. <laughs> we're like, how many calories mm-hmm. can we bank today? And if we're not banking yeah. a, a couple hundo, did we really exercise? No, I mean... It would be un-American <laughs> to exercise without burning the maximum number of calories. Oh, man. Look, like, you, know, you know my deal, man. Daily 100 push-ups and prepare for that weekend PR. Um, I'm still working for the weekend, but it's going to be exhausting, and it's got to be better than it was the week before. Constant growth. In a, in a, yeah, working for the weekend in a very different way, and, and I've... I got to say, man, I've really taken to your, uh, you know, 30, 40 minute ride, just having, you know, going at a decent cadence with, with a movie on or something. I've, my, my drug of choice right now is Atlanta, uh, Donald Uh, Glover's have you, have you watched it? I watched season one when it first came out. Yeah. And I don't know what threw me other than like kids and life and everything yeah. else but was really impressed with the beginnings yeah I, I watched about the first half of season one and then we moved and i lost like four episodes on the dvr which is a th- almost a mm. thing of the past we still have it but and then i just kind of lost lost traction but it's on hulu so just been catching up it's been a good it's been a good watch i really enjoyed it it's a good way to take care of yourself i, I feel like it's important to stack things that you care about. Mm-hmm. And if you can do some, I don't know, it's like there's certain things that have assigned values. And yeah, we kind of make them up for ourselves, but we know. Like if you're getting a workout in, there's such thing as an A-plus workout and there's a C-level workout. Mm-hmm. And those sea level workouts are still valuable, right? You can't go redline every single day. Like that's going to crush you. Yeah. But when you do that sea level workout, what can you stack it with that makes it an A plus experience? And if you can get in something that's like valuable entertainment for you, which is something that's difficult for, you know, any working parent to come by. Yep. Like that's a win. It's a huge win. 100% a win. I look forward to my day or two a week when I just kind of go 30, 40 minutes, get in an episode or two. Yeah, really enjoy it. So yeah. kudos to you for the suggestion. It's nothing, Thank you. It's, it's nothing necessarily <laughs> novel, but it's something that I just had never really considered. Well, it, I think it also... Sorry about the dog. That's all right. Brisket. 
Come on, bud. Uh, I think it also helps to just hear, like, you can do this and not lose ground. Yeah. You know, everybody wants, there's, I actually heard this on Peloton, an instructor say, I want you to give the kind of effort that mean, that makes you talk about this workout tomorrow. And everybody talks about those kind of workouts. Yep. If you're the type of people that talk about your, your fitness, those are the ones you mentioned. Nobody's over here volunteering like, yeah, went real casual today, guys. <laughs> just, <laughs> just mailed it in. Yeah, took a brisk but, walk. But it helps... Yeah, but it helps to see that uh, somebody who is doing well and taking care of themselves is like, like it was helpful for me when I would listen to Joe Rogan and I would hear him get on a yoga binge and Mm -hmm. just be like, man, every time I do it, I wish I was doing more of it. It makes me feel so good. And I needed to be reminded of that. Because usually the type of guys I enjoy listening to are like David Goggins, you know? The, yeah. the world needs MF and savages. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I get it, man. That's awesome. Well, good deal. We got a, we got a packed episode, so let's get rolling. Dive right in. What, uh, would you like to... S- I'll, I'll set the table, and then yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get the first one. So, it's been about a year... Um, you know, give or take a few days, depending on what company you work for. But for me and Tommy, it's about a calendar year since our company, Cisco, uh, said, hey, there's this disease, COVID-19, um, that is serious enough that we're no longer going to have employees come into the office. And we've been working from home ever since. Yep. And I, <laughs> I can't imagine I need to recap the state of the pandemic for anybody. Yeah. You guys know what's up. Yeah. So it created this huge variation in lifestyle. I think all the negatives are very obvious and on the surface, but in the spirit of um, gratitude and encouragement that I feel like we try to bring to every episode, we thought it would be good to share some of the most positive side effects or uh, changes that we've discovered in this break from routine uh, over the last year and focus on those. Yeah. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a bunch of good things to share on my end. I've really enjoyed just thinking about the positives, talking to my wife about the positives. Yep. Um, and... Before we jump in, I'll just say next week we have a guest, Sandy Roberts. Um, He is, for me, the best, I guess you'd call it middle distance. He's the best miler I've ever met personally and is incredibly respected by the running community here in Raleigh. He's also, uh, I'm in a book club with him. I've been in Bible studies with him. He's, in my estimation, an excellent thinker and a truly curious person about life. And I think it'll be an awesome conversation. So uh, we're going to get into running for sure, but also the topic of uh, 
you know, reimagining a dream and kind of uh, finding yourself rebooting direction later in life. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever later means to you personally on the time frame. For, right. for people our age, you know, it's probably pushing 30, right? Yeah. So anyway, tune into that. Just wanted to tease it. And uh, so let's I'm, lo- talk I'm looking pandem- forward to it. I'm looking forward benefits. to it, man. And it's funny because the the i wasn't i wasn't very um remember the presidential phys- physical fitness awards back in elementary middle high school it's funny you mentioned that katie's parents visited last weekend and they brought a box of katie's childhood stuff uh-oh including a dope presidential fitness patch yes she did yes she did <laughs> got to brag i mean to brag go katie We're, yeah i mean it's I don't want to say it's the full reason I married her, but, you know, Walter's probably the next LeBron James. The white I mean, LeBron. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, to me, there's almost no doubt. Maybe, maybe more of like a Novak Djokovic, but I guess, I guess we'll see. But <laughs> Even it, that would be incredible. would <laughs> be okay. I'd, I'd settle. Even that. <laughs> um, and, and I'm just realizing that, isn't Novak Djokovic a tennis player? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, you know who I was actually thinking? I'm I'm thinking of Vlade Divac. <laughs> oh yeah, you know one yeah. of those like pseudo Serbian Bosnian yeah. Her- right. Herzegovina. Right, exactly. But uh, no, it's one of the things that's, that that I'm excited about. You know, obviously, you know the, the deeper conversation next week. But uh, I wasn't very uh, upper body strong. Like pull ups weren't really my strong suit. Maybe until like adulthood. <laughs> To be quite That's honest, been rectified. There is no doubt about that. But the mile run was my was my spot. The mile run and the shuttle run. And I want to say my best ever time was somewhere in the low five minutes in a pair of two year old Vans <laughs> and jean shorts, like at like eight, awesome. like eight, like eight a.m. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. But uh, well, you know that you know the PE teacher sees you walking up to the line is like yeah just shaking his head yeah who is this guy <laughs> look at these shoes this kid's look, not gonna make it kid's. and then you know and then I had like shin splints for for three months afterwards but uh, amazing you know dude I think um, because this is one of those those podcast topics that you know I was talking with with Annie about as well and just kind of exploring because. You mentioned it. We've all kind of been home for the most part in some capacity for the last year. And so who better to talk about some of the positive outcomes than the person you've spent most of that time with? So I'd encourage and some good stuff came out of it. And so I'd encourage anybody who's who's listening to this, you know, before you listen to it or, uh, you know, after the listen to uh, to sit down with family or friends or spouse or whatever and just kind of have this conversation. But you know, one of the things I did when we decided to talk about this was I, I really wanted to um, put myself in the feeling where I was last March and mm. and, and then kind of um, contrast that against where, where I am now around this. And and man, if, if you really take the time to do that and this and I'm a bit of a worrier anyway, a little black and white thinking. But man, I was pretty anxious about this thing. I was kind of glued to the TV, looking at the counts, trying to understand this virus and, um, you know, wondering 
hey, it is yeah, I think we took Everett to Monster Jam in like mid March. And even at the time mm-hmm. thinking with this like pit in my stomach, like this probably isn't the right thing to be doing right now, you know? And for those that don't know, Monster Jam is, you know, a bunch of monster trucks jump around. You basically get um, exhaust inhalation, ex- um, you know, once you're done. But, but you know, I, I had a lot of anxiety around this and a lot of like, gosh, what is the going to be the state of our, of of our, the human race in a year or five years? And you know, we've never seen a vaccine come out as fast as we did, and so. I actually met, not surprisingly, I, 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 I met this with a bit of pessimism, like, oh my gosh, this is like revelations coming, coming to fruition. And then as we kind of got into it and we sort of, you know, because it was sort of like they said, get on the treadmill and run, you know, when they said like, we're going to shut things down, get on the treadmill and run, but we won't tell you like how long you're going to run, like what distance you're going to run. And for me, that's with someone that's very goal oriented and, and sort of finish line oriented, it was like, well, I don't know how long, how fast should I run? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what should be my, what should be my pace? Uh, but as it began to really like sink in and it, we began to realize like, this is something we're going to be living with for a while. Um, we began to really, and I say we, me and Annie and friends and family began to really look for like, what are some silver linings here? What are some positive things we can, we can take away from this. What are some things that are going to apply even when life is quote unquote normal again? Um, or what will we look back on? I think this is part of the conversation. What will we look back on in a year like we are right now or 10 years and say that was irreplaceable. And, yeah. and for me, if, if you don't mind, if I, if I lead off, no, kick I, it I think uh, th- there's been an unprecedented amount of time that we've had to slow down and just spend time with our the people in our direct vicinity. So for 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 us it was me and Annie and you know two growing boys. And that was met with some hardships. You know, we saw all the tantrums, we saw all of the the good, the bad and the ugly. Um but we also were were around to witness things like Milo's first steps and Everett mm-hmm. learning to to write and things that would have been passed off to somebody else. Not in a bad way, but, you know, we got to work, um, especially in those first 10 weeks when there was no school. <laughs> we were all just mm-hmm. here and we got really creative around how we hung out. We would go for Disney, Disney cruises where we'd put on Disney music and sit in the car and go for a drive. Right. <laughs> um, we, we had an inflatable pool, which most people probably have by now. And we'd put the kids in a pool in the middle of April. It's way too cold, but it's something we do. And, you know, in, in, in a career like, like I have where I'm in sales, I travel a lot. Annie being a hairstylist, she works late hours. We're always in a state of go. When's the next flight? Mm-hmm. Where's the next trip? You know, how late can I work for this client? And just force us to just put a stop to it and spend time together. And I, I don't know if there's ever going to be a time in our lives again where we just get 10 uninterrupted weeks with our immediate family ever again. I mean, it's just, you know, so, so in the, you know, in the moment, you can probably speak to this too, but it was tough. It was tough because you're trying to figure out how much should I work? How much can I work? How are we going to do this? 
looking back on it, it's some of the sweetest, sweetest time, the sweetest memories that I think I'll ever have. No, I love that one. And I'll, I'll tie one of mine to it because I think yeah. it's similar. Uh, I said one of my top five things about the pandemic was just the broad catch-all of breaking the the old routine. Mm-hmm. And I think everything you said is caught up in that. We accidentally set some priors, some assumptions about what we are supposed to do and have to do. And we unthinkingly sacrifice a lot of moments to those assumptions. Yeah. You know, and it is about time spent at work. And then once you're at work, like little things get tacked on, right? Happy hours, travel, like, and you start to accidentally lose time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that can look different for everybody, whatever those things were. But any break from routine is kind of like a forced analysis, right? You had a direction. You were going this way. And then something catastrophic happens or just unforeseen. And now you're taking a different road. And you're going a different direction. Mm -hmm. And I guess in a lot of ways, that's kind of like the spirit of this podcast, right? Forced analysis is a lot like being lost. Mm -hmm. You are forced to pay attention and kind of look at what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I going to handle this? And it kind of snaps you out of that autopilot. Yeah. So, so that you have to see what's happening around you. And I think little things like watching, being in front of your kids all day, like, yeah, at first it is difficult. And, you know, frankly, sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> but, <laughs> it can be. Yeah, it really can be. But it's also awesome. And, you know, whether that particular thing, that break from routine is good or bad, like it really depends on what your routine is and what you're breaking for, right? Like I've, I've got a lot of sympathy for people like uh, my little brother and little sister who, you know, for them, like it's a huge cutoff in their social life. Like, yeah. you know, trying to meet somebody like, well, how do I do this dating thing? Like I'm just stuck in this apartment. Like, yeah, but for people who are in a situation like you or me, like what a blessing, you know? Yeah, it really I, is. It's, I think it's important. I've, you're right to frame that context because, you know, we naturally had a support group around us and, you know, for those that didn't have that, it's definitely a different lens to, uh, mm-hmm. maybe we'll add that to our, uh, to our questions at the end for, for future guests. Just what, uh, it's a positive. What did the break pulled. from the routine? Yeah, yeah. The positive from. Yeah, yeah. Either one. I mean, I'd love to hear the negatives too. <laughs> I know. Well, I think you learn from those just as well, but not not the focus of this evening. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, one that one that kind of ties to that, and and it's kind of a one A one B for me, um, is you know, so Annie, you know, most hair salons across the country were shut down. And, Mm -hmm. 
it could have been very easy for her to just sulk in that, you know, and, 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 or break the rules and go to people's houses regularly and start cutting hair or styling hair. But to, to watch, so, so this really, I mean, not that I, not that I don't already know that she's an incredible human being with, with more with more care and compassion in her pinky than I have in my entire body, but to watch her transition just like it's the, something that needs to be done from a working mom hairstylist to a uh, stay-at-home mom, teacher, camp counselor. I mean, you know, you name it because I was still working and I would take intermittent mm-hmm. breaks, you know, to, to spend 30 minutes or an hour to give her a break. Um, we, we'd usually work out together at lunchtime, which was always kind of a nice thing that we looked forward to, but, but, you know, just to see her turn the switch on was, was really, I mean, you know, I, you know, I can't be thankful enough and it's something that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. So I don't want to steal your next point, but it's something that I think attaches to the, to, to the same topic of spending time with family that, that is, that is certainly a positive that I gleaned from this. No, hundred percent. I think being being around your spouse, like Katie and I, she works in tech also, so we were both working from home yeah. full time, and that brings a lot of challenges too. I mean, mm-hmm. we were just on top of each other all the time. But one of the silver linings of it is like I didn't really that often get a understand like what made her good at her job. And now I'm basically like in the room on every conference call, right? Right, right. Like I'm, I'm hearing it all happen in in action. You know, I'm I'm learning about open source programming, right? By <laughs> osmosis. But yeah, so that you're definitely right. That is cool, and I'll I'll attach it to one that I put this as number two. I don't know. They're they're all there's not really an order, so I'll just jump around. Yeah, yeah. But it the reason I wanted to go here is I think it connects. So this positive I put increased reality about work. Mm. And what I mean by that is for people like me and Katie, it's can I do my job from home? The answer is after a year, unequivocally. Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of lost time in that commute. And, you know, it's up to each individual person to judge whether that's a reality, like whether you need uh, a necessity, rather, if you really need to do that. But by having a heavy amount of time not doing that and just working from home, at least now you have a very balanced view of how essential it is. Yeah. So, you know, for example, uh, after maternity leave, like Katie's not going to work in the office anymore. It was an option before. And she felt like being, when she first joined the company, like, yeah, I should do a few days. And there's a requirement if you select to have office space to, be there a certain number of days right naturally yeah no need yeah no need to really do that and uh you know that's that's made a a lot of other changes like getting a nanny having the kids around seeing the kids whenever we can like 
all of that stuff has changed because the what we know about how we can work is different after a year of that experience. Yeah. And bigger picture, I think something we've all learned is to give a little bit more credit to roles we might have thought were less quote unquote as the terminology's been used now, essential. Mm. Right. I mean I maybe it's not the same for everybody, but I feel differently about the people that work at the fresh market and the Harris Teeter right beside me. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's in a lot of those jobs, like I don't think anybody I had a huge appreciation for, you know, nurses, medical workers from my time in the hospital anyway, and I'm sure most people do. Yeah. But there's a lot of jobs like that that weren't allowed to grind to a halt. And, you know, the stuffier knowledge worker like you or me, definitely not essential. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we are insulated by the nature of our field, mm -hmm. but it's not like the rest of society was wringing their hands about getting what Dusty and Tommy had to offer. Yeah. I wasn't getting any uh, round of applause when I walked out of my house, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah, and and it's it's a weird, it's a very weird, and I, we we don't get too much into it, but especially as we are in a, as a country uh, grappling with this minimum wage increase, you know, you have these people that are probably near or just above minimum wage that are working at grocery stores or pharmacies and so forth, and yeah, I mean, we, you know, they were cashiers and they bagged they bagged stuff and you know. You, you kind of me just a, a soft spot for me is you see the elderly folks that are out there like pulling carts in the rain and I'm like golly day hopefully he's doing this because he's just bored being at home you know but mm -hmm. then it shifts to a point where you're like if they aren't there to to check out the food we have anarchy <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah and, and yeah you, you have an appreciation for for people like that that otherwise yeah, they, they, they almost, I won't say they go unnoticed in day-to-day -day life, but, you know, they're sort of a ubiquitous part of the grocery store. So, yeah, that, that's a good mm -hmm. call out, man. Um, I think, um, you know, in, in, in relation to, like, the, you know, our relationship to work, you know, th there certainly are parts that, uh, you know, I, I somewhat miss my commute a little bit. Not the drive, mm -hmm. not the driving to the office, but the quiet time. Just like the the moment, the time of solace when I could put on a podcast, and you know, it's twenty minutes that I know. Whereas I probably work a little bit more now because if I'm available, I've I've tried to substitute that by taking the dog for a walk in the morning. Like that's my morning commute, you know. Um, but it, it it's it's definitely reset priorities in 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 a certain mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. Like you know, we have a credit card that racks up uh, airline miles. And when I was traveling for work, you know, I was flying a lot of pace places. So I was racking up more airline miles and these things seem very valuable. We could fly anywhere. You know, we could take a trip anywhere. It's going to cost us nothing. And then the world comes grinding to you to a halt and you have 200,000 airline miles and you know, they're less valuable than a roll of toilet paper, literally <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, 
And, and you know, it's it's stuff like that where you go to say, well, okay, well, what what value is that really? And I, I hope they're still valuable and I can use them in the next two or five years or whatever. If you want to throw but, a few miles my way, that's fine. No, no gifting of miles, bro. Come on. But you know, there, there's no, you, I, I could probably gift you miles. <laughs> Something to think but, about. Uh, you know, let me get back to you. We'll circle back to that. We'll circle back <laughs> nice. on that one. But, uh, but yeah. you know, there's, there's stuff like that. And then, and I was t- talking to Annie and I'm like, you know, as you know, I, I like nice sneakers. I just, I just like them. I well don't like style. You're right. Yes, you are. And then you go to realize you're like, and you have to, I, I have to be at peace with this, but you're like, are these sneakers really for me or are they for the people that I want to see them? Because as it stands right now, I wear a pair of, uh, noble slide on slippers at my desk to give me a little bit of padding under my feet. (laughs) That's that's what I wear. Official game sponsor, Noble. Yeah. You know, uh, they they, they were gifted by actually a guy that I helped men mentor at Cisco. Just one of the JM, one of the nicest guys. Just like just one of the many cooksy mentees out there in the world. He's probably out there podcasting, doing big things, you know, Uh, that's an interesting, I, I guess I've had a degree of that. Like I, I basically wear the same thing like every day. Yeah. The, I've, I put on jeans maybe once a month. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more. I've been trying to do it more, but it's interesting to hear that that hits you as well. It does. Yeah, it does. And I, don't get me wrong. I, I still like nice things. But the need to continue to add more, like th- there's definitely, like, I-, I could look at my closet and the, and the, the button downs that I wear for work calls, <laughs> they all have like mm-hmm. holes in the elbows now because I just wear the same ones every day. Like there's no need to, the people that see yeah. me on those calls see me once every, every month or every quarter. So, well, that's the reason I made the my listing of the positive and increased reality about yeah. work yeah. is I, I don't think that it's necessarily better to be working from home. I think a lot of those things you mentioned, like, you know, as much grief as I give you about expensive sneakers, <laughs> like, you know that's a pers- that's an aspect of your personality that you enjoy getting to like literally take out for a walk like yeah. you can and there's a way you experience yourself in getting to uh explore aspects of fashion and style and like I get all that and there is something not that this is news because everybody talks about it. There's something that's missed in the communal experience of yeah. a workplace or a night out or any of that. So I don't know that it's necessarily better to be working from home. But after a year of doing it, I know more concretely what the office means to me and why I would or wouldn't go in. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel like an expectation in the same way. Yeah. Well, you guys have taken, I mean, due to many factors, I mean, Katie was pregnant, you, you know, you're, you, you have the compromised immune system. And so we've, especially in more, in more recent months, we've been a little more liberal with our going out, 
you know, we'll go to mm. church, you know, we're still, you know, we're still masked up. Um, you know, we'll go to dinners. We went to Disney World. <laughs> we're definitely being yeah. much more liberal than a lot of people, but you guys have really buckled, hunkered down. It, yeah. You know, is there some aspect of this, especially if both of you work from home? Because I know y- you can be a lot like me in that prioritizing time to like go out and have coffee with friends or dinner with friends. You can sort of talk yourself out of it or deprioritize mm-hmm. it in order to maintain that human interaction, that human connection. Do you have some like thoughts or plans or strategy around once you feel like you're comfortable doing it that you would do? I mean, for me, if I, you know, I'll probably start going to the gym again. Like that's probably where I'll get that communal fix. But what about you? What do you guys have any thoughts around that? I don't currently have any good plan for it, but I, I 100% feel that it's missing a little bit. Um, I I want to talk myself into things, but I've basically been holding off on doing anything until I can, until we get a nanny in and I'm working again and Katie's working again and I can actually build a schedule. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's all ad hoc social fair here and there like yeah right before we hopped on here i had a buddy who like texted about uh basketball at his house on sunday afternoon and like i would love to do that it's like do i still need to go through the full protocol like hey are you guys wearing masks well i'll wear a mask Mm -hmm. it's like what's the i don't know you know and it's just because of everything else going on i have simplified my life by not building out any thing whatsoever. I've just said, Nope. Yeah. And for, for the time being, it has been, well, I don't have to figure that out. And that feels like that feels easier. And I know long-term that that's destructive, right? You know, like, like you mentioned, you, you, if you have that tendency about you to shut in, then you're losing, you know, I, I for it, this is comes from a CrossFit thing as well, right? But like the five factors of fitness, like one of them is community. Yeah. And it's actually the number one factor connected with long life. Yeah. And so I know that there's something huge, not just to my emotional health, but my physical health that I'm ignoring right now. But a long way of, like, embarrassingly saying, like, no, I got no plan. No, no man. Plan I mean, at all. no. I mean, it's you know, it's it's you're you're in a phase. You know, you have a you have an infant, toddler, you know, compromised immune system. I'm not gonna, you know, your immune system's compromised. But <laughs> it's not good. But you know, not good. It's uh. Sometimes I feel like my I get sick all the time. I don't know. What my problem is lack of sleep, stress. I'm not sure, but. But well, the that, funny thing is, yeah. I used to have a, I used to have a confidence bordering on arrogance about my immune system. Flu shot? No, I don't get the flu. <laughs> well, it's like I would have been a person who wasn't actually an anti-masker, mm-hmm. but would have loved taking on the anti-mask uh, persona perspective. Yeah, just as a joke, like, please, COVID, take me down. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be kidding me. But like. 
after uh, you know leukemia really really took the wind out of those sails. Yeah, pretty quick, pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had the flu for thirty years. Did have leukemia, but never had the flu. <laughs> yeah, no. And every time I make like some sort of high-handed statement about you know like oh I can get away with this, you know, Katie will be like. Is that might have been what gave you cancer? <laughs> just like this little Reel trump card, yeah. Head, just head. always has it on me. It's so funny. Um, so speaking of health, because this this was one of the this was one of the things that really um, I'm thankful for because I didn't have to figure it out later. And so you know, there there's apps, and if you if anybody listens to to Joe Rogan, this will come off as being very repetitive. But just general overall health and wellness, physical and mental health and wellness, along with some working knowledge of what it takes to be physically healthy, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm extremely grateful and, and, and thankful that, that for whatever reason I stumbled across that level of, of interest and ability because... You know, it's it's not like okay, can you how much can you squat or how fast is your Fran time or can you run a mile under six minutes? Those are all those are all good accomplishments, but is it just what's your general overall health? Because you know, things like heart disease, diabetes, you know, the, the list goes on. The, the even the common cold is intensified when you have those sort of comorbidities, and so. You know, that's something I've learned that, you know, I'm not just doing this to have, you know, make sure the calves look tight for for swimsuit season. Mm. It's like there's there's a general like like bit of armor that you have. You know, I'm not saying I can't I couldn't get a deadly disease. I'm not saying I couldn't die if I got it. But you're stacking the deck in your favor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Oh, 100 percent. And uh I'll tie this to one of the positives uh, around pandemic for me. Yeah. And I'll say first that I wasn't planning on talking about the physical health aspect of this, but I threw out to Instagram, like, uh, you know, just a question on the stories. What are some of the positives that you owe the pandemic? Yeah. Good things that happened to you. And the thing I had put down was less FOMO. That yeah. the pandemic kind of rebalanced my anxiety spectrum. So, like, I'll give an example, which is uh, when the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl right before the pandemic, you know, they hadn't been to a Super Bowl in, like, 50 years, and... I saw all of my friends back in Kansas City like out, yeah, like raging at the parade, and like I was just kind of home doing nothing, like yeah. happy, thrilled, sure, loved watching that game, but and I just kind of felt like, man, this, who knows? Like I, I was thirty four, like another 34 years like i'm gonna be like 70 when this happens again i have no idea like this yeah. this could be a rare event 
And this year, Chiefs went to the Super Bowl for obvious reasons. There wasn't like this uh, post-game celebration yeah. thing. But none of the run-up was the same. Like I didn't see people like getting their tickets going to the game, like yeah. prepping for it. Like everybody was just kind of like making excuses. Like, well, you know, still trying to still made our cookies, our cheese yeah. cookies, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's very small time. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, missing nothing. Yeah. And I think there's a version of that all over. But I, uh, when I threw that question out on Instagram, there was a girl from high school that said, spending a lot more time at home has prevented me from missing out on mom's stuff and allowed me to like take care of my physical health. Yeah. And like from following her, like I've seen it, like she posts like these regular check-ins, like she's gotten in uh, a lot better shape. She seems, you know, from a social media view, like to be really appreciating being able to pour the time into that self-care. Oh, dude, absolutely. And and if if a lot of people got on this, like I know a bunch, we were one of them, you were one of them, I know a bunch of people who did something like bought a Peloton yep. and like made their physical health part of a family discussion, not something that like, oh, I leave and I go to the gym like brought it in home and now like we're talking about things like our diet and the way we're taking care of ourselves and like your workout plans start to look more similar which allows you to share it's part of that community aspect of those five factors are now in your home yep and we had a little discussion around the physical health aspect uh with some family who was here recently and i I don't know how to explain it to somebody who has never taken their physical health super seriously mm-hmm. that you will never regret a dollar that goes towards your health. Yeah. And like I've been 70 pounds heavier than this. I have been... I've been in a situation where, like, I've been drinking every night. I've been in a situation where I'm laid up in the ICU for 30 days with cancer. Like, I've been on the other side. Yeah. And the the difference in just your general happiness and simple things, like, you have the exact same experience, but because you have energy yeah, and you had a good night's sleep— the experience is very pleasant, whereas if you're out of shape and you're tired, it's just like, ah, get me out of here. Like, yeah. when when will this be over? Yeah, yeah. It changes everything about your life. It does, man. That that's one of the consistent. Yeah, you that's know, one because I I posed a similar question on Instagram, and one of my one of my buddies, fan of the pod, friend of the pod, uh, said said he's down thirty five pounds since the start of the wow. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Um, and he said part of it was because I just felt terrible. And the other part was I didn't want to get get the virus and die and then everyone say, well, he was obese. So <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> I mean, 
fuck. <laughs> yeah, just like nobody has any sympathy for it. <laughs> it's like he's like, yeah, he died, but had it coming. He was obese. You know, this, let me tell you. It, so I do a lot of. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but like when when the time comes every year, I usually go on like a, a miniature speaking tour around some of the companies in Raleigh for uh, the Light the Night fundraiser for mm-hmm. Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And you get into small talk with people about the disease or who have had an experience, and it's a very common joke that kind of comes up about like, if you get any form of cancer and you know you're a smoker, the amount of sympathy that people have for you almost instantly evaporated. It's just like, <laughs> oh, had it coming. Yeah. It's, it's as yeah. if it, as if it's some sort of cosmic justice that by smoking cigarettes you deserve to get <laughs> a life-threatening, possibly ending disease. Right. Right. It's just insane. That's uh, although the in the in those cancer survivor circles, y'all are rough, man. <laughs> well, well, it's just the same. I know, I know what you mean. Though. I think like, I, I get this, it, man. I get it. Just this merciless. I don't know why the cause and effect thing works that way, yeah. but because we know it's not like a one hundred percent. What what's the correlation is not causation. Uh, Everyone knows yeah. that. Everyone knows that. Like, just because you're a little overweight, you don't deserve to die of COVID. <laughs> right. It's a hell of a motivator, and, though. <laughs> and yet we all kind of know that feeling. Like, well. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me. Did, you've seen Old School? Oh, yeah. The, when when Blue dies and Vince Vaughn is there trying to, like, talk... Uh, Talk Luke Wilson through it. Damn it, Blue was old. Yeah. That's what old people do. They die. <laughs> yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. So speak, speaking of, of death, this was one that... Um, Great segue. Can't wait for where this is going. My audio is cutting out. Let's leave a cliffhanger. I'm kidding. So for, for me, this, this is something that... that you know, ironically or not, sort of pulled me closer to my faith um, in, in God, and you know, talking about the pandemic, the pandemic, yeah, yeah, not 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 blue dying in old school. <laughs> <laughs> um, Something to think about now. Yeah, right. And, and th- there's a couple of reasons why, but but one of them is, and we talked about this with Jeremy a little bit uh, in in one of our early podcasts is. When there's something so enormous and so like untouchable or unfathomable, I mean, who who would have thought this pandemic that shuts down the entire world would happen in our lifetime, right? W- without didn't see it coming, no, I didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming. You know, w- without something bigger to attach this too with some amount of purpose you can you can really end up in a in a state of despair or at least hopelessness because it, it, you know it goes back to the why me why now what did i do to deserve this and now you're looking at it as the whole world is dealing with this thing and you know 
is something that I'm still working through in, in church. We've been studying um, Job, um, who was put through, you know, more suffering than, you know, a lot of people. Not, obviously not Jesus himself, but but suffering through, the, you know, in, in the Old Testament. And, and you begin to sort of grapple with that and say, okay, well, what what's a unifying theme that we've talked about? Well, it forces us to slow down. It forces us to count what's important, right? And for, you know, for someone like me, that, that faith is important, not only because it, it gives me this, this, these, you know, you call it a basket, I'll call it these hands to put it into where I can unload it from myself. I don't have to carry the burden of what does this all mean? Um, I can, I can hand that over, mm-hmm. but also you begin to realize that, and you've realized this, I mean, you had a literal life and death experience you have to grapple with your mortality and realize that hey, at any given second, you know, especially with, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, no one knew someone could cough on you. Someone could be sick with it and you wouldn't even know. And you could get this terrible illness that we know nothing about. And you know, you could die in isolation away from everybody. And you know, you and I were both 35 on average. We have about, uh, what 43 ish years if we live mm-hmm. a good solid you know american male average that's not that long i mean think about how fast 35 years has gone you know um and it feels like it accelerates once you get married and have kids everything just speeds up but you know what does infinity look like what is what is the rest what is the rest of of eternity look like and so you know it's it 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 forced me and maybe a lot of people to kind of reconcile with that and and really understand like if I'm gone today, is that it? Do they put me in a ground mm. and it goes dark and that's it, or is there something greater on the other side of that? And so, it's in in a in a roundabout way and and I think you know shout out to Vintage for putting Job as the first thing we studied in church this year, intentionally, um, to really. Mm put my mind at ease, but also help me find answers to, you know, some of the things with faith that, that had been kind of tough and it's kind of pulled me back to that. Yeah. It's funny. You know, there's, I've had a couple of why me events in my life. Yeah. And I, I guess where I ultimately landed on all of them is it doesn't matter the the unraveling why this has befallen me is unimportant Mm -hmm. and i think because i have worked through that a couple times on some highly personal devastating situations um It, frankly, it was almost a source of tension in our home because my the way that I assess risk and think about my own mortality is very different than the way my wife thinks yeah. about it with hers. Uh, and, you know, the us balancing each other, I think, is healthy for the way we approach a lot of situations. But... Uh, 
I I almost feel like I'm pausing because I don't know how much I want to run down the the faith. Oh no, I mean you know you know it's one of those things like you know f- for me that was a positive. Yeah, a- and um, you know. No, I think it's I think it's hugely positive. Yeah, I, I should start by saying that, and I think it's the the funny thing about faith for me is that having less certainty and confronting things like my own mortality, uh, even though I have no idea like what happens when I die, has been hugely helpful in me not stressing, mm-hmm. and. Just knowing that, like, yeah, it it almost got me before, and it's going to get me at some point, and I'm just going to try to kind of do my thing until then. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I think I'm, I'm doing the right stuff now. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of stuff around, like, uh, you know, the serenity prayer, and controlling what you can control that if people had to grapple with that in a way that they hadn't before this time, that's massive. Like that is, is kind of a secret to life that everybody should address at some point. Yeah. And if you've lived, and if you lived a life where you didn't feel like you really had to dig in your heels on that up until now, that's also awesome. But I don't know. A little, a little, a little poison is good for the system, dude. So this fits directly with. Um, so I was as as you know, I was giving the kids a bath today, and I had Avit Brothers playing in the background, and a song that I had probably. I mean, I've I've heard this song a dozen times, if not more. And for whatever reason, the screaming and the fighting and the splashing stopped for this brief second. And, and I actually wrote this lyric down because I was like, somehow this is gonna, I think this is going to come up in some way, shape or form. And if not, I'll, it'll be my recommendation. So it'll come up for sure. But uh, <laughs> th- there's a song they sing on one of their kind of more recent you now within the last probably five years albums. Uh, the song is called The Once and Future Carpenter. And the lyric that just hit me was said, it said, if I live the life I'm given, I won't be scared to die. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple, but it's, you know, we we talk about, you know, um, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Mm -hmm. If, if you're living the life you're given, you won't be scared. And and it's, and and that, that becomes more and more true. And I think it, it rings true to exactly what you just said. Well, I think the weirdly enough, also about a year ago, and it just kind of was. Well, I mean, shitty timing, right? But good, I guess, good timing for the purpose of what I'm saying. Um, I was thinking through a lot of this stuff because I was writing Walter's first birthday letter a year ago. Mm-hmm. He was turning one, and I was really working through. I'd also just uh, just read. Paul Calinthe's When Breath Becomes Air, which, you know, right there in the title, it's like your breath stops and it just becomes air. Mm-hmm. There's no soul left in it. And it's him dealing, he was a a great surgeon who found out that he had a 
pretty much 100% fatal cancer. And he just wrote a memoir up to the point of his death. Didn't wow. even finish the book. It was published posthumously. And so I'm reading that book and, and Kobe Bryant dies. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm, I'm processing all of this, like as I'm writing this letter to Walter, thinking about like, man, what's, what's going to happen? Yeah. And so, you know, if you go through my Instagram, that letter is in the link in my bio because I think it sums up probably the best I've done thus far at saying like who I'm trying to be. And, uh, it grapples a lot with like, what happens if I die tomorrow? You know, like here's what I hope my son knows. And, and I just think about Kobe Bryant in that helicopter when it, it didn't take long, right? If you've seen the video, it goes pretty quick. Maybe you had 15 seconds yeah. tops where there's the realization like this thing's going to crash and I might die. Yeah. And you don't really have time to control that moment. You've either wrestled with it or you haven't. And I think that's the difference between whether you die with a heart full of panic or you die with peace. Mm-hmm. And some people don't want to spend time in that mind space, and I totally get it. Like, it's not pleasant to think about your own demise. But I can say from my experience, having done it, when I find myself engaged in the topic with others, and I can see that they're a little bit squeamish, yeah, and I know I'm not, that I'm a lot happier that I'm in my situation and whatever's coming for me. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound arrogant about this. I don't (laughs) want to die. Like, it's not going to be like a, like a, I, I knew I was going to take this in stride. Look at me. It's like, it's going to suck. Kind of. I don't know. But like, I'm, I'm just not scared of it. Yeah. And, and there's a, I don't know. I feel really good about that. Yeah. It's a strong so. place to be. Yeah, it's a strong place to be, man. You got any uh I've got I've got two last quick ones that we can we can quick hit. You got yeah. any others? No, on no, I mean, you know, for me, you know, when when I kind of pulled other folks, the the thread kind of ran consistent. It was like the ability to be home, see my family grow, you know, spend unprecedented time with my kids. Um, and someone else said, you know, that, that they, they recognized their need for human connection, mm-hmm. uh, to a point of, um, you know, prioritizing things like FaceTime with family and friends, um, to somewhat replenish that need, but also an eagerness, you know, things that used to kind of be a little bit annoying. Oh, I got to get. I got to get a shower and get dressed and we got to get a sitter and then we got to drive to dinner. Now is like a thing of like, I can't wait to get a shower. I can't wait to get dressed, you know, go to dinner, have conversation for a couple hours, you know? So, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll rip through some that people sent me as well. Uh, so my sister's out in New York city and, Apparently, people there's become a communal cause to fight to lower the rent, and that's working for people. Yeah, big, big win for New York City millennials. Oh yeah, man! Shout out. 
their yeah importance of self care, mental health, definitely got that. Um, home cooked meals more often, better better physical health. Uh, so I think there was a pretty consistent theme. Yeah. I'll go, since I'm shouting at other people, I'll go with the very coolest one I heard. Okay. Um, and it has to do with pausing the student loan debts. There's a girl I went to high school with, and because student loan debts were paused, she and her husband had this new found like financial flexibility. And while they said, like, look, on some level, it kind of sucked. You know, I messaged her after this because I just thought this was awesome and said, on some level, it kind of sucked because, like, she wanted to knock those student loan debts out. Yep. Uh, It allowed them to pay for ahead of schedule uh, IVF. Oh, yeah. And, And get their family started. And that was something that they had to forcefully put off because they didn't have the financial wherewithal to pull it off. Wow, that's really and, cool. What a cool story. And so, yeah, just <laughs> it, knowing, like, I kind of hate when people do this about having kids, but like, hey, you know, your own mileage may vary. Maybe you don't like being a parent, but for me... Being a parent is just like the most fun I've ever had, and I love it. Yeah. And so knowing how awesome of an experience that is and that somebody was given that is like a gift in the chaos yeah. of this whole thing is like exactly the sort of like, oh, look look at the, uh, look at the positives here. Yeah, that's you know? really wild. That's awesome. So then uh, the the one other thing I put down, and I won't spend too much time on this, is I, and maybe this is a negative for some people, but I said that uh, I have found COVID to actually be a pretty decent entryway into the topic of division that I think is... Um, probably the most destructive, um, call it a Bayesian prior that people enter conversation with. Like they have this automatic, uh, split that they're arguing for a team. We've talked about this about a million different things, right? Mm -hmm. But people get this way on like vegan carnivore, right, left politically, mask, no mask. And a lot of these topics people have deep roots on and they're difficult to address and take a long time to untangle. But I think that uh, COVID has actually allowed me to talk to some people and it still starts off pretty heated. You know, the debate around like, what are we even talking about here? And me trying to say like, hey, if you're a person who doesn't want to wear a mask, I understand you. It's not my, not my approach. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not into it. Like I'm gonna wear the mask, but it's not a crazy approach. We've got like, we've got centuries of American DNA that has forfeited 
family, safety, and health to the individual person that you know best how to handle it. And that that person who we want to make so much fun of who is like, I don't see why I have to wear a mask so that you don't get sick. Like, why don't you just put on a mask? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we want to immediately draw our line and be like, actually, the science says. Right. And it's, it's like, that is not the way to convince anybody of anything. Like, this, this person isn't asking you to, like, give them the CDC cliff notes. Right. You know? Yeah. They want the same thing that anybody wants. They want a little bit of connection, a little bit of understanding. You think they're taking the mask down because they want to isolate themselves? So I, it's still tough to get into, but I think it has uh, more shallow roots than some of the other things that we find ourselves divided on. And I feel like I've actually had some pretty healthy conversations about what we're actually going for here, like the difference between winning and achieving a goal we're all for, which, you know, in the COVID situation, like we want health. We want it economically. We want it physically. But what we're looking for is human well-being, mm-hmm. which is almost always the case, right? Politically, what are we looking for? Human well-being. Like it almost always is. But it's people are, if they've got less prior uh, baggage on the topic, and almost all of us have a year or less on this topic. Yeah then it's easier to weave backwards to the origin point and say, like, we're on the same team here. So it's I might be squinting too hard for that sliver of light, but because I've had some positive experiences around it, I just thought it was worth calling out. You, so basically using a differing of execution to create a... Um some uh i hate you the word synergy around what what are we all really trying to accomplish here yeah difference of opinion is an opportunity yeah and it's not an opportunity for you to change someone's mind you cannot do that mm-hmm. no one can change anyone else's mind the only person who can change their mind is the person who owns the mind yeah but if you let them know that you don't think they're crazy that their idea has merit that they're then they're more likely to think that your idea has merit. And yeah. when those two ideas mix, new ideas can be had. Yeah. And if you want somebody who you think has bad ideas to change, then any new idea is probably a win, particularly if it's a new idea fertilized by the ideas that you believe are correct. Yeah. Like that is pulling them towards uh a higher plane of thinking. I'm not going to say to your side because sides is the wrong way here. You're giving them added information on top of what they already had. And that is positive. Yeah. And so I, I've just found it to be an easier entry way into saying like, you know, we're not, we're not fighting on this. We all want what's good. Yeah. And I think what's happening underneath that is it's kind of the same type of people, right, who are, like we say everything's politicized, like it's the same type of people that find themselves like the suite of ideas, but 
this one has doesn't go back as far. Yeah. And this one is easier to talk about, at least for me. Yeah. So I, I don't think everybody needs to like be out there being like a champion for clearer thinking, but I've kind of taken it on as a little like pet cause for yeah. me when when I hear people with differing opinions. It's like let's not blink, let's not even react too quickly. Yeah. Let's just let's just have a conversation. Yeah. And I want to know what they think. And look. I've heard some decent. I've heard some things. <laughs> they, they weren't all great, yeah, and and they weren't all bad. I I feel enriched for the arguments I've had around this, and I don't even know if they were arguments. You know, it was just. I think they feel like arguments when we start off, and by the end of it, it's like, oh, we could have we could have dialed this way down. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Do you want to get into the weekly segments? Let's get into the weekly segments. All right. The finding ourselves question of the week. What do I need to get off my chest? Man, in a way, I feel like I just did. <laughs> what do I need to get off my chest? Man, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? That's straightforward. It's... It's probably the wrong time after two guys have been talking for over an hour. Like, <laughs> but what have you bottled up? I know, and and we've, yeah, I you know, this has been a little bit more of a, a rambling, bouncing around conversation than usual. I I don't know, which you know, I don't mind. No, I know. Honestly, I I don't know that I have. I had therapy today. Uh and we had this good. generally positive conversation. I don't know. I, I I actually don't think there's there's um there's really not anything I need to get off my chest. I mean, I guess I could use this time to to say uh, you know thanks to the people that that are that are listening and sharing the podcast. Um, you know, I think it's something that you and I do just. Ideally, we do this in, you know, in your uh, carriage house face to face and one day we will. But, um, you know, this is just a chance for us to talk and bounce our ideas and have those kind of stretching of the mind. But I'm definitely appreciative of the people that have that have shared it and commented and sent us messages and things like that. So um, I'll just I'll, I'll use my I, I yield my time to the representative. Um, this is just a thank you. This is a um a, a, a pod, uh, today's podcast is is taking us back to, to podcast one of gratitude. So I'll I'll leave it with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care about the listeners, so no gratitude <laughs> here. Now the it's funny. I whenever I listen to podcasts, I always hear them either like at the beginning or end be like, oh, and remember to uh, rate, subscribe, share the show. Mm-hmm. And it's like we we never actually say that. Are we supposed to? Is that just like good podcast protocol? Probably. But I guess the truth of the matter is, like people are going to do what they're going to do, and I'm I'm just grateful for anybody who gets something out of this. Yeah, man. Or you know, not even gets anything out of it. If it feels like if it feels like they can spend time with a couple friends. For one hour a week, I personally know what a huge benefit that is 
to my emotional state, and that's when enough. Yeah, man. So maybe we get there, maybe we don't. I do have something to get off my chest. Nothing. Joel Embiid should be the NBA MVP and not <laughs> LeBron James. No, uh, I, I feel like any you could answer with any opinion here. Speaking honestly about what I need to get off my chest, I'll go bigger picture. Um, I have been working on a novel since the middle of 2018. And uh, I've just recently gotten feedback from the first readers that weren't me. And that was difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. Are these people that are it, sort of novelists themselves? Are they editors? Mixed bag. Okay. Mixed bag. So, yeah. Some real writers in the group, um, just some intelligent people that I trust to be straight with me. And... You know, there's been a lot of positives, and there is undoubtedly a lot of work left to do, which I shouldn't really be surprised by. I was just listening to a podcast with Joyce Carol Oates, and, uh, you know, I I say I've done three drafts. I'll be starting my fourth draft in the next month or so. And, uh, you know, she's written almost 60 novels in her lifetime, and she said she's on, like, the 10th revision of her current like the current book she's working on. Wow. And so it's like, okay, this just takes a long time. Like it, it is no small work to get all the details just right. You know, to like 180,000 of anything is a lot. And to get all of those words to interconnect into something satisfying. And I, I have just over the last month or two felt really crushed by the amount of effort that I have in front of me Mm. in, in the writing with a infant and a toddler and not the full mobility of life around COVID And I haven't really talked about that because I don't like expressing negativity around the book. I want it to be all joy and light. But there's an aspect of it that is hard and requires grit. And (laughs) I guess I just wanted to take this time to verbalize it because as we've told each other a hundred times, if you say it out loud... It makes it smaller. Yeah. And so uh, thank you for ceding me the time. (laughs) I I yield the rest of my time to the gentleman. You know, dude, let me just just say that, um, you know, so first and foremost, like, you know, there's a reason that not everybody writes novels. Because it's freaking hard. It's hard. I mean, remember back, just think back to like college when, you know, 
what's the longest pa- paper you wrote in college? And they'd say like a 14 page paper, double spaced. You're like, everyone's like, Oh my, what am I going to talk about for 14 pages? Like that's the most some people yeah. have written in their life. And they did not, they did not edit it. They just wrote it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was for one person's eyes. It was for a teacher to get a grade. It wasn't for potentially mass consumption. So, you know, kudos to you for taking on the task. Uh, and for recognizing that you might have more drafts ahead of you, many more drafts, and it's difficult. We're in a pandemic, and you have two young kids, barely one, barely over two. So, well, I, no, I appreciate that, man. It just like it it helps to to say it. I I will say to wrap my head back around to it. I the fourteen page college paper is a great call, like. I now at least know that I am capable of it's it's similar to how I felt after I ran the Chicago Marathon. Yeah. It's like what I know I can do is different than when I first started this, I wasn't certain. Mm. Like there is undeniably a book here. Yeah. And there's undeniably some great stuff in it. And if I can not lose heart and polish that thing into like shiny granite with nothing wasted, which you've, you've read my writing. That's difficult for me. I could get a little tangenty. <laughs> like if I can do that, if I can do that, then I think I'm going to have one of those rare things. Like, there are not that many things in life where you say, I'm going to do this thing. Even though it's audacious and I'm not totally sure that I can, and I'm going to set myself to it until it's finished. Yeah. I've got maybe a couple of those things in my life. In 35 years, got maybe a couple intentional wins yeah and i'll have a big intentional win that will change the way that i feel about who i am yeah and uh yeah all right i'm back in talk myself back in there you go man i mean look it's it's, point of the exercise if we you know let's let's just take uh one of our mentors larry long Mm. you're not hitting a home run on every every at bat Sometimes you got to be in the cage. You got to you got to get the reps in. And and sometimes the some of those days, I mean, dude, it's just like may I be as uh bold as to say when you get the revisions back and you go to kind of start making some of these edits and revision whatever you have to do. I don't I'm, I'm not a writer. I'm a I'm a blog I'm a blogger, former blog retired blogger. Uh, it's part of the industry. It's a noble trade. <laughs> we we always catch things on the tail end of their trend, don't we? <laughs> hey man, podcast is huge. It is. Uh, it's the next live journal. But we, but you know, <laughs> what I would say in 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 kind of context, to all the stuff we've been talking about is to interject some play back into your writing. Remember mm. that you're doing this because it's something that you enjoy doing. Not that you were so close to the finish line that it's got to be done and this has got to be a smash hit. And I think you'll find a, a different frame when you go to write again. Maybe, <sighs> maybe you, maybe you go to a park 
and do some writing at the park or something like that. I just, you know, Dude, that's, that's such good advice. You know, that, that honestly is a huge, like when I talk about everything else that's going on and how the effort starts to seem overwhelming, it's like, I feel like I'm just jamming it in when I can. And yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not enjoying it for love of the game. It's like, I gotta, yeah. Yeah, I'll give You're you right. an, here's yeah, an easy here's an easy great example. Advice. Like sometimes, you know, taking Ripken for a walk, I'm like I got to take him for a walk. So let me put in my put on a podcast and zone out for 25 30 minutes. And because we've had all this freaking rain, we had a day that was like 75 degrees, perfect blue skies, and I was like, "You know what? I'm leaving the phone and the headphones and I'm just going to take the dog for a walk and I'm going to notice the sounds of the birds. I'm going to recognize like the trucks driving by. I'm going to look at the sky." you know, hear the kids playing, mm-hmm. notice the smells. And it was a, it was a different experience than let me walk as fast as I can to, to exercise this dog out get his poop out and then get his a little bit of a podcast in. So anyway, Man, I'm no life coach, that's but that, that's probably what you need to do. Cause you, it, it can turn into a slug for sure. Hey, that's, that's why we do the segment. That's it, man. That was just, that was just fantastic. I'm all the way back. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) All right. Recommendations. What do you got? Mine is plain and simple. It's one word. It's therapy. Um, Mm. Something that, and I'm talking about like the brain kind, physical too, if if you have any ailments or tightness or soreness. But I can say that um, having a, and, and, and finding the right one, it could take some time, but Going to like psychology today, looking up different therapists, psychologists, etc. It's something that as as men, our our dads probably would not have ever gone to therapy or still don't go to therapy. And it's become almost like a there's a there there historically has been a stigma around it. You know, you know, as a man you just suck it up. You know, you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And I used to believe that, like, emotion emotion is bad. Too much emotion is bad um, because it makes you seem weak. Mm-hmm. And what I found in, in therapy with, with a professional who I can just say anything, I can say the craziest stuff that I'm thinking, has helped me to recenter... Um, me now I still have faults and slip ups but it's 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 helped to center me now but also helped me find forgiveness compassion understanding of little me like you know teenage me and child me that was doing the best that I could with the information that I had as an 8 year old that maybe for the last 20 plus years I have looked at that kid and said, could have done something different, could have done something better, should have done something different. It's helped me to sort of wrap that all up. I'm still working on it, um, but mm. I can't, I cannot say enough for my marriage, for how I am with my kids, with my friends, that just talking to somebody that it's their profession to do this uh, has sort of rerouted my thinking in my life. So one word therapy Mm. that's awesome 
no, that's a, that's a great recommendation. And, you know, even though I'm about to do it, I think sometimes we probably get a little too, like, what's something just tangible I can throw out there in the recommendation section? And something that is as open-ended as therapy, like, that's the best thing about it. Like, if you don't know if you need therapy, you should go to therapy. Yeah. And and just commit to, like, 12 weeks. Whatever the process. Not going in there trying to, like, convince the therapist that you're a good person. Mm-hmm. But actually divulging the things that make you worry. Maybe... You're not a good person. Yeah. And just talk about it and see what happens. For for me, the process was revolutionary. Absolutely. I can remember you and I talking when we were, because we both kind of started around the same time and just, you know, just talking about the, the, the revelations we were coming across, just talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't say much. A therapist doesn't say much. They're they're some of the best listeners out there. But they can yeah. help they can help you connect the dots so that you end up saying it. And it feels really cool and it's really just a great thing. So Well, I'm willing to bet that the majority of people have not have not voiced the thing they're most ashamed of out loud to another person. Probably not. And just doing that, like getting that out into the real world and seeing that it doesn't all fall apart is, I already used the word revolutionary. I mean, it it sets you free in a way that is difficult to articulate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. So... Man, I love that recommendation. Now let me throw out something not really that important. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's important to me. I I watched the movie Irresistible with Steve Carell, Rose Byrne. It was uh, written and produced by Jon Stewart. It's on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. I had very low expectations. Um. But it was fun. It was. And it was and it was light. And I was shocked at how much Katie and I enjoyed ourselves watching it. And there were portions where I was very afraid the movie was gonna get like negative and dark. And it didn't really. No. It stayed uplifting. And what I like most about it is that so the the plot is basically two high powered um campaign strategists from the right and the left come together for a small town mayoral election, and it doesn't get into like the really nitty gritty seedy parts of what makes the the political system ineffective. Not really. 
No. But what it does do is showing that what makes the right broken and the left broken, their brokenness has more in common than than it does difference. Mm-hmm. And I think by not getting bogged down in issues and just showing that, hey, the the two people who are on the same side are actually big politics on the right and the left. And what they agree on is that winning is the most important thing. Yeah. Not that finding goals and solving problems for the people are the most important thing. Yeah. And it nails that without without making you feel bad about it. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. I saw that it was uh poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. And I want to come here as somebody who knows movies. You do know movies. This, this podcast, I've proven it time and again. <laughs> I know movies. And tell you, it is worth a watch. I recommend it. Um, I will second stamp that. And I'll also say that you are now two for two on recommendations. Uh, Love Life was fantastic. Wish I could watch it again. Yes. We are we are now watching Modern Love. Not quite to the Love Life set a high standard. Modern Love's Love Life's got a, more our alley. It's more our alley, but but Modern Love is is good and it's a fun watch and it's a it it feels very every episode feels more like you're brought up at the end of the episode. So mm-hmm. speaking uh, speaking of, have we uh, have we heard back from Anna's people yet? She's got Trolls 3, so I don't think she's going to make it. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch her on the press tour. Yeah, man. Weasel our way in. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, dude, That's I enjoyed it. it. Always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review. This feels like a five-star. This feels like a five-star. So if you don't want to rate five-star, it's not worth it. Don't go. You, it, you'll get lost. All right, dude. uh, Top five, top six things out of the pandemic is our podcast got a five-star rating. That's it. All right, homie. All right. Talk to you later, man. Later, dude.